A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host, Liam, or at the FSA Tweets on Twitter. Today, I am joined by me, myself, and I. It's just myself today. Um, and we'll be starting off with a very, very quick... Or we'll, we'll just go through this very quickly. Um, we've got a few significant news items to get to. We also um, are going to be covering the state of the dynasty landscape. That's why it's going to be a bit of a quicker episode. There's not going to be a guest on. Just me. Um, and you it should be about half an hour long. It shouldn't be a normal hour episode. So it gives you half an hour back to listen to one of your other fancy football podcasts. But let's um, start off by starting with the um, brain teaser. So at the end of last episode with Jesse, where we reviewed the January 2023 um, ADP data from DLF, I asked yourselves and Jesse who you thought rose the most in ADP and who you also thought fell the most in ADP. And they had to be drafted in both August 2022 and January 2023. Um, I am using Superflex data here, so no one quarterback shenanigans. Um, If you didn't listen to last episode, one, go back and listen to it, but two, if you want to... um, a bit more time on this brain teaser pause it if it's safe to do so if you're not driving um but otherwise the answers were Gino Smith so Jesse got it right at the end of last episode and went up 115 spots in ADP data and the largest faller actually surprised me another quarterback um and that was Carson Wentz falling 132 spots um, quite a big drop for Carson Wentz. And I think it was very, very justified with how last season went. 
Um, with that being said, let's move on to the significant news and we'll we'll stick with the same guy because there's a bit of news that came out yesterday as of recording. That would have been Monday. And um, Carson Wentz has been released from the, the um, Washington Commanders. Now, we need to figure out what Carson Wentz is going to be doing. There's talk of him potentially being a backup. I'm not sure whether he will need to with how the quarterback landscape is right now. I can easily see him starting and being a bridge quarterback for maybe a a Will Levis, uh, Anthony Richardson, if a team wants to do something along those lines. Equally, I could see him being a backup and someone like a Teddy Bridgewater, maybe a Mitch Trubisky-esque backup year and then tries to get back into the starting competition. I don't foresee Wentz finding a landing spot where he's going to stick um, as as the starter. But I think this hopefully is a good place for him, maybe getting to pick where he gets to go. I don't know. I I don't think there's much more to be discussed on Carson Wentz. So the second item is Leonard Fournette. Tampa Bay have came out, uh, come out and the GM has said openly that they plan to release Leonard Fournette at the start of the new league year, which is the 15th of March. Um, so in about 15 days as of recording. So that is going to be interesting. That means Rashad White takes over the backfield for Tampa Bay. Leonard Fournette, who started to slow down at the end of the year, but how much of that was down to scheme and offense? How much of that was to him? Um, I think we could attribute a lot of it to both. But does this mean that Leonard Fournette is going to be the starting running back on a different roster? It adds a a whole other name into this running back um, free agency list that doesn't have too many backs that have been... Uh, workhorse backs or or bell cow backs however you want to phrase it so it's it's an interesting piece of news to come out just before the league year just before free agency hits um we'll see leonard fournette courting with teams like saquon barkley and josh jacobs and a few others will be the last bit of significant news before we look at the state of the dynasty landscape is its combine week this is what Dynasty players love. Um, Dynasty diehards like myself and everyone you'll find on Twitter love Combine Week. And it's the time where everyone, regardless of whether you're a film guy or a stats guy, gets enamored with stats. The one thing I will say is, as much as I like them because it'll help me complete my rookie model, it will also... Um, disappoint a lot of people i don't think we should be putting too much into these that being said it does make up a good amount of my rookie model because regardless of whether someone runs a 433 or a 436 it's going to matter in game situations i just don't think it matters too much in terms of um what we see happening on twitter and in the dynasty community where if someone runs three uh tenths that right point naught three three hundredths of a second i forget it either way point naught three seconds slower than um expected the there's a massive uproar and there's anarchy because everyone loved him and thought he was going to be fast and he isn't 
Um, the only times where it really matters for me in terms of an, a, a reaction is if someone were to run extremely slowly, like 0.1 seconds slow, uh, slower than expected. That's when we need to um, maybe have a con- conversation about it. But apart from that, as long as people run where you kind of expect them near enough, I'm happy with it. So more on the combine Saturday the 4th um, and Sunday the 5th are where we us as di- offensive dynasty um, nerds are going to want to pay the most attention. Wide receivers um, do all their drills on the uh, Saturday along with the quarterbacks and the tight ends and then the running backs do it on Sunday the 5th. You've got defensive players on the Thursday and Friday. And you've also got O-linemen on the Sunday as well. But uh, as we don't get any points from any of those, unless you play in IDP leagues, then um, the Saturday and the Sunday are the ones that you're going to want to maybe be on Twitter a little bit more so you can get some information. Regardless, there is going to be, there are going to be many people that are going to give you that information, um, whether you're not on on that specific day. The... Let's let's have a look at the dynasty landscape then. So I wanted to take a bit of time to really dive into this. And this isn't going to be a stat-heavy episode. Uh, We're not looking at... We will be looking at ADPs, but there's not going to be... There's this, there's that. Um, In terms of stats, it's going to be more of a theoretical episode. Um, And it's quite weird for me because I've got not much on the show sheet. I've got a, a small... Uh, notes page on my phone uh, where I've detailed a few points that I wanted to go through I've got the ADP data in front of me as well but it's not like I've got massive amounts of stats because it's it's something that needed to get off my chest it's something that I know a lot of people have kind of thought about but it's not really out there enough I, I I just wanted to talk about how much the dynasty landscape has changed. And every year I say it's weird, every year. And right now it's no less weird than it has been over the past few seasons. If anything, it is a lot more weird. Um, I mean, if you look at before the season, you had the undeniable tight end one because he was going to make this massive leaf from Kyle Pitts. Um, You had an argument over whether it was going to be Josh Allen as QB1 um, on the season for the third straight year or whether Mahomes was going to take back that mantle. There was no real talk of anyone else. There was also Justin Herbert, I suppose, that you could throw in there, but that kind of died down um, in terms of QB1 overall in scoring. But there was still a lot of hype around him being QB1 in Dynasty this time, or now, should I say. Um, And then you also had Jamar Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson at wide receiver. That was the question, Justin Jefferson or uh, Jamar Chase. It was like a 1A, 1B. And even in my rankings, I had them 1A, 1B with Justin Jefferson slightly ahead. That one hasn't changed too much. And when we look at the running backs, this is the one that has really shook me the most is Jonathan Taylor was the tier of his own. And then there was Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, um, myself and Rich, the previous co-host, had uh, Brees Hall. I know he was a lot higher on Brees Hall than I was coming in, um, but I kind of started to make that climb with Brees Hall. 
uh, so he was around the, the running back four to six range. We had Javante Williams around that range as well. And that's completely gone out the window now. Jonathan Taylor doesn't look like this um, essentially CMC second coming. Um, he He's kind of fallen in line with the rest of the running backs. It's a really weird landscape of running backs. So that's a big shift from where we saw um, things going at the start of the season and compared to now. Of course, no one is ever going to be able to predict this season else you are going to be a multi-millionaire, billionaire, playing in as many leagues as you can, throwing as much money around because you know exactly what's going to happen in the upcoming months and you can plan for it. You can um, make so much money from it. Quite frankly, no one's in that situation um, unless you have a time machine and the public doesn't know about time machines. So let's, let's leave that there. Let's look at the wide receiver position to start off with. As I said, that's the most stable position. You've got uh, Jamar Chase and you've got um, Justin Jefferson at the top. Not in that order. It's the opposite way around. Um, but then you've got, after that, CD Lamb still wide receiver three. But then when you look further down... Uh, AJ Brown was kind of middling around wide receiver four to seven range last year. Um, looking at his stats, he actually went up two spots. So he was wide receiver six in ADP in August. Um, Jalen Waddle went up as well, six spots. You saw Stefan Diggs come down, but that's from wide receiver five to seven. So that's not a massive hit. The big shifts were um, Amar Rice and Brown, Garrett Wilson, both going up by 17 spots. So this is just wide receiver rankings. Um, so just within the wide receivers. And then you've also got uh, Chris Olave uh, going up 25 spots to wide receiver uh, 11. Some small changes with Adams coming down four spots. You've also got Devante Smith coming up 20, 21 spots, but it's quite interesting when you look at this that apart from a few quick, a few large rises, there's not a lot of movement. It's all kind of quite small. Um, I mean, yes, Debo Samuel came down 11 spots. Traylon Burke came up 13 spots. There's, there's a few bits here and there, but on the most part, it was quite steady. Um, Yes, unfortunately, you had a few misses, Cooper Cup, but on the most part, as I said, it's stable. And I'm, I can't think of another year where wide receiver or a position has been quite as stable as this. And that's why I wanted to talk about the other three positions a lot more, because this position, as in the wide receivers, has created a value cliff for basically everything else. If it has created a, a mindset in Dynasty that there's just, if you're scared about taking a running back, if you don't know who to take tight end, just take a wide receiver. They'll they'll stick with the value. And maybe that's true for the top lot, but as soon as you get to wide receiver 36 and beyond, it gets really grim at wide receiver. And a lot of people aren't talking about that. We, Look at uh, Ronald, which is 
the, the position that the wide receivers have absolutely screwed over um, for a lack of a better term, because we kind of saw a bit of wide receiver heavy, but you saw, at, at the start of last season or startups uh, this time last year, you saw, still saw a lot of people going wide receiver heavy, ending up three or four wide receivers in the first six rounds um, in super flex drafts. That was common, but it wasn't, like it was the only strategy, whereas now it really feels like it is. Um, I don't know whether it's a personal thing for me or whether it's a very um, common thing that has just happened over the course of this year. But if you're not going wide receiver early, then you're putting yourself at a huge risk with these running backs because a lot of them are either old, or I say either, a lot of them are old, or all of them can get injured at any point. And yes, you can put that across all positions, but a lot of running backs can get injured very easily because it's a, high, it's a heavily contact um, position. So when we look at the running backs, in the top five, you've got Christian McCaffrey that's 26. I think, if I remember rightly, becoming 27 before the season starts. Kenneth Walker, young, 22, just come into the league. Jonathan Taylor in his third, going into his third season, sorry, going to be 24. And then you've got Saquon Barkley, going to be 26, going into next year. Austin Eckler, going to be 28, going into next year. That's an ageing group. And I spoke about it a few weeks ago when we did the running back um, review. There are only two... Um, running backs in the or was it two or three I can't remember now Um, I think it was three there are only three running backs under the age of 26 going into next year uh, or 26 and under going into next year and that was by points per game that was Brees Hall who had just come into the year Um, and then it was Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs who were free agents there's a lot of uncertainty around um running backs right now that it's quite difficult to draft them highly as much as I've said wide receiver heavy is the way to go and it is I think a big thing in startups is going um, hero running back which is where you take one awesome running back that you're super confident in so Maybe it's Saquon Barkley because 26 still isn't that old. You've got a few more years. You could take a Travis Etienne, a Kenneth Walker, and that sets you up for a few more years of uh, production. Um, maybe even take a Bijan Robinson if you're that um, if you're that confident that he's going to be in a star at the the next level, which everyone is right now. And then you take a lot of wide receivers after that. You can maybe think of taking four or five wide receivers and double dipping on quarterback, maybe throwing a tight end there before you even touch running backs again because there are so many running backs that could increase in value. The issue with that is that if you don't hit on those running backs, you are significantly outdated at the running back two position. And even when you need a backup at running back three, um, even further, running back four, um, you were significantly lacking in those terms. But this seems to be the way that I'm going in a lot of my startups um, or in my startups right now. 
then you could even look at um, going two quarter, uh, two running backs early and then going for your wide receivers. But if you were to do that, you lose a lot of the top talent at a wide receiver. So let, let's just look at the talent at wide receiver in the first um, two rounds. So rank 24 is currently Kyle Pitts, but we'll ignore that. You... Say you were the 101 and for whatever reason you didn't take, you took a running back to go 101 and it came back to you at the 212. You would be, you'd have six wide receivers gone according to January ADP. In drafts that I've done, there are a lot more than six. You're probably looking at 10. So if we look at six wide receivers, you're missing Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. You expect those not to get back to you. Then you also miss out C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, probably again, same thing. You don't expect them to come back to you. Jalen Waddle, maybe. Tyree Kill, maybe. Don't expect them to come back. But then you're looking at Stefan Diggs, Amor Rossett Brown, T. Higgins, uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. That's your up to QB 11, uh, wide receiver 11, sorry. That, to me, all of those, or at least the younger ones, have probably gone by the time it even gets back to you. So you're flush with running backs at the the 301, 212 spot. But should you even take one there? That's the question. To me, no. But if you're getting amazing value, maybe. Really depends on who's there. All this is doing is trying to bring you a bit of a question mark and make you think a little bit more. Um. So that's the state that the running backs are in right now. It's just complete mess because I, I, I guarantee in three weeks' time we'll we'll look at the running back position and think, okay, this has cleared up a lot more because free agents trades will have happened and or free agents will have signed. Sorry, trades will have happened. But until that happens, right now, if you're doing a startup, it's really murky at the running back position outside of the the top seven or eight prospects that you're you're happy with. You look at, um, if we look at tight ends, tight ends even worse, but tight ends been worse for years, so we're kind of used to it right now. At the start of the season, you had either Travis Kelty as your tight end one or Kyle Pitts as your tight end one. I don't think there was much, uh, much variation. There might have been an Andrews, but that was it. It was really close to. It really came down to whether you were win now or whether you were... Um, potentially building to the future and seeing Kyle Pitts taking that step. Now we still see Kyle Pitts as tight end one, but his ADP has actually dropped 13 or 14 spots when you round it. Um, He was going in the first round of startups last year, and he's now going at the end of the second, as I said. The the order as well has kind of slipped a little bit. so Mark Andrews as tight end two, exactly the same. Kelsey, tight end three, exactly the same as last year. But Kelsey, I don't think is going to retire. I know there's a bit of noise around that at the moment. I feel like if he's going to do it before free agency is probably the best time for him to let the team know he's going to do it. And I don't see that happening right now. Um, you've also got Mark Andrews in there and, there's a lot of change in Baltimore. 
so yeah, there's and there's a lot of change in Baltimore, and I'm not sure whether Mark Andrews is really having that put on him. He's 27. Uh, he will go into the season 27, but an old 27. You'll also see um, a lot of buzz around Lamar Jackson because that deal still isn't done. And we don't know whether that deal is actually going to get done, whether there's going to be a franchise tag put on him and another team swoops in, gives two seconds away, and essentially it's a trade. We don't know. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Whether Lamar's going to sit there. So is Mark Andrews at Titan 2 going at the 33rd pick? even worth it right now that's end of the third round and um, so do we even need to think about mark andrews at the end of the third start of the fourth that feels a bit rich travis kelsey is going two picks later than him so that i can kind of see if travis kelsey doesn't uh, retire and then after that we were seeing george kittle and darren waller now we're seeing TJ Hawkinson, Waller, and Goddard, and it feels like a tier down, even though we kind of thought a tier of five with maybe a, a separate gap last year. This year it's completely different, and it kind of feels if you don't have one of those top three, you're kind of going for a guy that maybe could make that that leap into the elite tier, but probably isn't going to. Um, and then after that, it's a lot of unknown. Pat Frymuth, I'm I'm not going to go over a lot of what we've already said on the tight end review, Um, but you really need Pickett to take a step forward before you can consider Frymuth even making a jump up. Evan Engram, also, no idea what's going to happen. He's a free agent. Dalton Schultz, free agent. Darren Waller is interesting at Titan 10. I like him as a buy low right now because he's so far gone. People aren't really thinking about trades. He had a poor season. He had some injuries. Um, And I I don't think people are really thinking about Darren Waller. After that, there's a lot of um, ooh is the best way to put it. Ugh. I don't really know how else to put that. David and Joku at Titan 12 is quite interesting. Um, Greg Dulcich, Titan 14, feels high. Trey McBride, 13, feels high. Um, Zackert, coming off a, a decent size injury, is quite um, 
quite interesting at tight end 16 because he's not going anywhere but whether he's even productive is interesting to to think about Cade Otten at tight end 15 and Isaiah Likely at tight end 17 feels like age is just being brought into these rankings way too much and and stability but we're not really thinking about whether these tight ends are going to get opportunity and um, create that production value so Tight ends right now is a, a complete, um, I, I can't even say the words that I want to because this is a non-explicit podcast for um, cluster or, or whatever you want to say. It's quite quite unresolved. I, I don't really know the best word. So let's skip to quarterback. I mean, quarterback is an interesting um, situation as it is anyway. You look at the top uh, or the, the first 12 picks in in Superflex drafts. Uh, so, sorry, there it is. So you've got 10 quarterbacks going. The only two, the only non-quarterbacks are Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. This is what I'm talking about. If you're not taking a quarterback in Superflex, wide receiver is the next valuable position by a long shot. It's like, a massive step down if you were to have to take a running back. So that top 10 is um, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurt, um, Justin Jefferson, uh, Lamar Jackson, sorry, Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, and then Kyler Murray. So that is a large tier of wide uh, quarterbacks that you essentially aren't ever going to see. You are going to see one of those in your drafts. And if you're taking Justin Jefferson and Jamar Ch- or Jamar Chase, you're actually never going to see them. So it's saying, as in January ADP, is saying Jamar Chase is going wide receiver, uh, at pick 10, sorry. So it's then saying that whoever is pe- taking... Chase is then getting Deshaun Watson on the return. If you're taking Justin Jefferson at pick eight, um, as ADP says, you're then getting Christian McCaffrey and you're potentially going for a win-now situation with no quarterbacks in the top two rounds. I don't like that personally. I don't like coming out of my drafts without a quarterback in the first two rounds. It feels wrong in so many ways. So if you're not taking one of these quarterbacks in the top two rounds, you're then relying on, as I mentioned on the quarterback review, a long list of no idea what's going to happen quarterbacks. We've just seen uh, Carson Wentz get um, released. We've seen uh, Derek Carr get released. We have no idea what's going to happen with Jimmy G and Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. I mean, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, not really on the same tier, but... There are a lot of quarterbacks that we don't know what's going to happen. We still don't know what happened, is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Right now is probably the worst time to do a startup because the, or, or the best time because there is so much unknown that we don't know what's going to happen to basically any player outside of the first three rounds. And even then you could probably say you could bet half of them. You still don't really know what's going to happen um, going into next year. 
But that's why I say it's also the best time to do them because you can have a massive value swing and hopefully it's in your favour before the season starts. Before any any snaps have been um, taken, you could have increased your roster value just by drafting and sitting there and not doing anything. So if you are drafting right now, good luck because it's it's, it's a volatile place. Um, I also know the running back or the the uh, rookie picks, sorry, are going quite highly as well. That's um, that's probably down to there's a lot of hype around the first three or four picks um, and a lot of depth, but I think a lot of that comes through to the the lack of known in the dynasty landscape right now. That's what I wanted to bring to you today is basically if you're starting a dynasty draft now, you're potentially probably going to kick yourself in 15 days time um, when the new league year starts, free agency starts um, in a few weeks time as well. When the combine hits, the you'll probably see um if you're at the right spot you'll probably see a, a pick go because they've just realized that some guys has run faster or um or something along those lines that means that they can make that pick there and hopefully get him and come rookie draft time it's it's just nuts how much is going to change in the next three weeks my advice is don't do any drafts right now i think it's way too volatile you could be losing value in 15 days time or you could even lose value on a pick and then it by by the following day it's that volatile because we're in the period of the nfl season where it's just nuts and i think i'm going to leave it there because there's a lot of things i could say but it's going to be a lot of repeating and um I don't, I, I don't want to put too many stats into this because this is a thought-provoking exercise. It's not a, a stats-driven podcast. Um, before I do get out of here, though, if you are listening as a live stream or on the 28th of February, um, the UK FFC is still running um, the Scott Fishbowl draft, uh, the Scott Fishbowl spot giveaway so if you have a ticket by the end of the 28th of february you will be entered so if you are listening and don't currently have one go get one if you've missed out on the scott fishbowl um giveaway get one anyway if you're in the uk or um, around that time whether you're from the uk or not there are plenty of people um that are going to be there we've sold um, nearly the same amount of tickets as we did last year um and we're still five months away from the event, which is uh, five and uh, four and a half months. So that's that's quite incredible to see. Um, and we love that support. So if you are looking to buy a ticket regardless or just want some more information about the event, because there's going to be so much pumping out over the next few months, um, go over to the at underscore UKFFC Twitter or at twi- uh, UKFFC on Facebook as well. Um Loads of information about to be pumped out. So that's it for me, guys. Until next week, stay safe. And we'll see you then. Bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 